Mama. A word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them, too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the Mama Hood. Hello, Mamas. Welcome to another episode of the Mama Hood Podcast. I'm Marin Bay here, as always, with my co-host, Aubrey Grossen. And today we are covering what is probably our most requested topic <laughs> and one of the hardest topics for, for sure. sure. Yeah. And I'm sure we will do um, sleep focus episodes in the future, but we just are so excited today to conquer a few of your sleep related questions with our special guest, sweet friend and baby sleep specialist, Marietta Paxson. Hello. So thank you for having me. And she's here at 36 weeks, you said? 36 oh and a half. 36 not, and a half weeks. You know. She's pregnant. Hobbling in on crutches. She's amazing, you guys. She's just amazing. We need to <laughs> it's true. send I you a big crutches. gift basket for doing this. Um, Marietta is the creator of Little Dreamers, a baby sleep program and platform that has literally helped hundreds of moms in the journey to better sleep for baby and parent. She offers advice on almost any sleep-related question, and the best part about her is that she has a judgment-free zone and works with you to find answers that best fit your family sleep scenario instead of um, like a one-size-fits-all approach. And she recognizes that what works for one family may not work for the next, so there's no shaming with her when you use her to help you with your Absolutely babies. not. It's one of the things that I feel most passionate about. I love sleep and passionate about that, and then no shaming. We don't do that. <laughs> I love that. And I mean, there are a lot of sleep consultants out there that are kind of more one way fits all. Mm-hmm. If it's all and your attitude about it, I have just loved. So um, so since we kind of tend to share perspectives on most of the topics that we talk about on here, I thought it'd be good to just kind of start quickly by sharing how we sleep train at our houses, just our experiences a little bit. Maybe Mary, can you start? Um, so we don't really sleep train. And like we've talked about this before, me and Marietta, and like we... I've never been really like the cry it out mom and it's just something that like I don't have the stamina for and um, so we've done everything from (laughs) co-sleeping to just like trying to gradually reduce the amount of I guess liquids they're getting in the night when they wake up but like we've never done like official crying it out and in some ways that has really worked for our family because it's brought me a lot of piece how to how I feel as a mom and the way that I feel like I help my kids but in some ways like I have a three-year-old who still wakes up in the night so I think um I don't know if it's the right or wrong approach but I feel has felt right for us the way that we've done it Mm -hmm. but I definitely need advice on a lot of things still (laughs) no I love what about you (laughs) I mean I just think it's so different I mean with each of my kids even my first we sleep trained him because he was just, I mean, it came to a point where it was like, we were all miserable. Mm-hmm. And as a human being, you have to sleep. So we were able to figure out a system and we did cry it out with him and it worked. And like, 
we were all happy after that. Right. <laughs> and then with my second, she was a NICU baby and she came home sleeping through the night, which I was like, this is not normal. This is not right, what I'm used right. to. And then with this baby, um, I have a nine month old right now and she's still waking up two or three times at night. But I don't know if it's like my other two, I had, I gave him a bottle and formula so my husband could kind of do part of that job too. But with nursing, I love it slash hate it. I hate that I'm waking up, but I also really like it too. So I'm not totally ready to like give it up mm-hmm. completely, but I do, I have started to implement your stuff and it's been amazing. So, and I think what, like you each said things that really resonate with how I feel about it. I talk to moms all the time that I'm like, well, if you're not ready, then don't do it because it's not going to feel right. It's going to be hard. Like wait until you're ready and you'll know when you're ready to do that. So it's not just about baby readiness. It's yeah. about mommy readiness. Yeah, that's too. so true. So That's so true. And like my sister just sleep trained her baby the other night and she was like, why didn't I do this sooner? So I think sometimes it's a fear like we're, or, or maybe another thing to do that's just like mm-hmm. potty training. Like, oh man, we've got to help them. Right, you kind of you, you know? delay it until you can't anymore. Yeah, right. or it gets <laughs> to a you point know that like okay, something has to change. And I tend to be that parent that's like, okay, something has to change, and it's changing right now. We're ripping the bandaid off tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't not always, but in a lot of things, like I just once I decide, I'm committed, and we make it happen right away. <laughs> when you're tired enough, I feel like sometimes we can finally do things. Yes. <laughs> so well, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and like we were saying, I think it's important to note that there isn't one right to right way to do this. And I think sleep tends to be like a buzz topic that um, can sometimes make certain people feel bad or wrong if they aren't doing it like the quote unquote mm-hmm. right way. Mm-hmm. Um, however you're approaching it, though, it's probably right for your family. And um, however, a lot of us have been left feeling completely hopeless or um, like exhausted and we don't have answers that's where Marietta comes in and she has all the tips and the answers and <laughs> yeah. if you find her on Instagram like she's always doing Q&A's and um, she just I don't know I mean you have an amazing program that people can buy and I but I also think it's amazing that you still give information on your platform too and I just think that we just I don't know us exhausted moms we really need you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Great. well that's what I want to be able to do because I've been in that place I was an exhausted mom where it was affecting me emotionally mentally mm-hmm. physically and it was I didn't like the resources that were out there I didn't like the lack of resources really and I just felt like I was in a position where I could offer that for other moms and I'm so grateful that I get to. I'm glad that I get to help a little bit for free on Instagram. I think that's really awesome. And I'm obviously grateful for anyone who chooses to hire me because that helps me to keep doing what I'm doing. And and I just want to echo that same sentiment of you can't you can't do sleep wrong. Like so many moms always are telling me like I totally messed up. I did this wrong. And I'm like, listen, you did what you needed to do in that moment. And that was right for you is right for your child. Yeah. And if you're interested in changing something, I'm happy to support you and I want to help you. But I also don't think that the way I help is going to work, you know, for every single family because you get to decide what it looks like in your home. That's one of my favorite things about my newborn course is that one really as a newborn from zero to 16 weeks, it's so flexible with every single family, whatever mm-hmm. your sleep situation is going to look like, um, it will work for your family so that's one of my favorite places for families to 
And I think it's start. good to have like a toolbox of ideas to do because mm-hmm. oh, who yeah. knows how, you know what I mean? Like you have, Things she change. threw an event, totally. She threw an event a couple months ago and there was just, it was just like a, all this information of ideas that I could do, you know, that yeah. can maybe work and they totally worked. Like my, I went home and did exactly what she said and taught and my baby was like, I'd lay her down and she'd just go to sleep without crying or anything and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh my gosh, she didn't even cry it out. Like you, your whole yeah. system is just amazing. So thank you. I love, I just love everything you're doing. Um, so let's maybe dive into some of your burning questions on sleep and let the expert do the talking. A lot of you have on our Instagram have mentioned so many different questions on sleep. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, just from the spectrum of me and Marin, we're totally on two, two opposite ends mm-hmm. where like we're just, there's just so many of those moms in between on the same spectrum. So maybe mm-hmm. let's just kind of dive into those. So yeah, we just picked a few. There's been like hundreds. <laughs> yeah, sleep is um, a hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out we all need it. We get them all the time, and so I'm really excited to hear. So the first one has to do with sleep regression. Um, anytime we have like specifically like a one or a two year old who's been go- been sleeping through the night, or maybe they haven't ever really gotten it down, but they're not sleeping through the night, and you know they should be. Um, what advice do you have? And um, yeah on that on sleep progression so one reason is can be for a developmental progression so like if your toddler starts walking or your toddler starts talking like those are just really exciting things for them I mean think about Mm -hmm. it they're walking yeah talking for the first time and like I think about when I started this business like I would lay in bed for hours at night and just think about everything that I wanted to do because that was a developmental progression for me it was okay (laughs) I'm going to start this you know I was really excited about it and so you can expect the same thing from your toddler they're going to resist sleep um which is going to cause them to be overtired because they're resisting sleep right Mm -hmm. yeah which is our second reason that a toddler might experience a regression is because they are overtired that may be from a friend day it may be from the developmental um progression it may be from sickness like all these things that make us overtired. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why they would resist sleep. And then the third reason is just boundaries. It is a toddler's job to resist <laughs> and test boundaries. So, so if you are getting so frustrated with your toddler because they are testing bedtime boundaries, just remember that is their job. That yeah. is what they're here to do. They're here to test you and to see if these boundaries are really true and if, if they're bendable or not. And sometimes it's hard to figure out which one your toddler is experiencing in that but you're going to treat them for the most part in the same way so if you're if you're experiencing a developmental progression my advice is to put that um, toddler to bed about 15 minutes early for nap and for bedtime now what that does is gives them it gives them the opportunity to go to bed earlier so mm-hmm. that they have some time to kind of think about and explore this new skill that they have, but then not miss their easy window to fall asleep. So hopefully, right? I mean, you can't force a child to sleep. I believe that from day one to day whatever, you can't mm-hmm. force a child to sleep. So you're just giving them the best opportunity to fall asleep at the right time so that they can stay well rested. Mm-hmm. If they're overtired, like you've been on vacation or they had a sick day or something, you know they're low on sleep. So again, let's just put them to bed a little bit earlier so that they can catch up. And my general rule, I talk about recovery a lot on Instagram, but my general rule is I wanna put my child to bed early for naps and for bedtime as opposed to letting them sleep for a really long nap. Now that's sometimes that's exactly what they need is a really long nap. So I'm not saying that's like a hard rule, but I think getting them to bed early 
before they are completely exhausted and overtired really helps them catch up and then do better for their next sleep time, whatever that is. And then the boundary one is just exactly that. If they're pushing boundaries, then we have to show them or tell them like these, these are the boundaries and they're not changing because as soon as your toddler trusts that that boundary is real, then they're going to be able to trust it and accept it and then be able to go back to mm-hmm. sleeping well. But oftentimes what happens is we see those boundary pushing as um, we, we prescribe meaning to that, whether it's actually there or not. So, okay, my toddler's resisting and what do we often go to? They must be scared, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're scared. So I'm prescribing this meaning and my own anxiety is getting pushed on that. So I break the, the, the routine to try and comfort and help them. And that kind of throws things out of whack for the child because now I'm responding differently Hmm. than I normally would, which can actually cause them to feel more unsure about the whole bedtime routine. Hmm. So it's really a tricky balance between, yes, I want to comfort you and help you if you are struggling, and I want to remain consistent because Mm -hmm. that is what is going to help you feel safe and secure at bedtime. For sure. It's interesting because I, like with my baby right now, there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, I just don't want her to cry. Like, I mm-hmm. just want her to nurse her. And then there's times where I'm like, she's got to cry. I'm just too tired for this. And I'm like, I don't think that's probably good because <laughs> she's getting, I mean, she's Mixed trusting messages, me at different, right. yeah. Right. So like sometimes she's going to cry long. Like that makes no sense. But I think you're right. Like they can't have inconsistency because then they'll assume, not assume, but like they know when you're going to come or when. Right. It's I just harder for them to understand and to be able to, to understand what's going to happen. What's the norm here? What's going to, what's going to be happening when you can change I mean oh yeah I always am like I've been doing this this way so I can't do it you know I don't know Mm -hmm. no you can always change I've often noticed like a lot of times when my kids aren't sleeping well sometimes it's because they're sick or Mm -hmm. they're teething or something like that and especially with my first I would tend to kind of freak out and be like oh no like now it's over now he doesn't go to bed right but I would just wait a few days and like comfort him through whatever he was going through Mm -hmm. and like give him the medicine he needs or whatever and then before I knew it we were back on track again so I do feel like when you have a good like system Mm -hmm. that's it like exactly what needs to happen like okay there's a struggle like there's a real problem here Mm so do I expect you (laughs) I think oftentimes sleep consultants get a bad rap because it's like oh cry it out that's the only thing you do it doesn't matter like put your child in the room shut the door like let him cry like no, if there's something wrong, you're not going to do that. You're going to assess the situation. You're going to meet your child's needs. You're going to help them. But when you have a good system, then you're going to be able to quickly go back to that mm-hmm. and like sleep can return. And I will even say on top of that, even if you mess up in quotations, right? Mess up with sleep. And I've already said you can't really do sleep wrong. But if you feel like you've messed up, like I said, I would never do this. And now I'm I'm doing this and I've done it for mm-hmm. a long time. And we're so far down this hole like there is always a way out. Mm-hmm. There's always a way out that you can get to a better place. Always, always, always. It may not, you know, happen like that and it may not be super easy, but there's always hope that mm-hmm. sleep can get better. Those are comforting words. Yes. Yeah. As I'm over here so inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Okay, so another common question we've gotten is just transitioning two kids into the same room. Mm-hmm. What, how, I mean, I know you have twins, What's just the best way to do that? Specifically toddlers. We're kind of been on the toddler train, but let's maybe dive into that. It's definitely, I mean, this is a hard question because it definitely is um, 
situational, right? Depending on how old the children are and kind of what your what it looks like and what kind of sleepers they are, like lots of stuff goes into it. But generally, what can I say with twins? It's actually a little bit easier because they're sleeping together from day one, so they kind of yeah, get true. used to each other. Yeah, um, and but I like recommend. For me, I'm going to put my boys in the same room soon so that she can go into the the third, third bedroom, mm-hmm. and I'm like. How old are they? Sorry, I interrupted you. No. But they're three and two. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, so let's take that example. (laughs) And um, are they in cribs? Are they in toddler beds? My two-year-old is in a crib and my three-year-old is in a bed. That's a great answer, Marin. That really helps a lot. <laughs> so little I'm sneaking. Did I give the right answer? This piece of advice: keep that little toddler in that crib as long as possible. I recommend as close to age three as possible because I promise you're just going to avoid so many battles. And it's mm-hmm. it really is a, again a safety and security thing for them that they're so little that having that that boundary of the crib helps them. You know, hmm. we're not confining them in in this crib. But, hmm. So good job, well, and thanks. that makes that will make definitely it easier. didn't do that with my older son, which is maybe why you kept it longer. It's so hard. <laughs> oh, with <laughs> him. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so that's great. That will make it easier for you. And then my second piece of advice is to um, stagger bedtimes. Honestly, trying to put two kids to bed at the same time is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um. It's fun when you're the kid. Like, yeah, it I my sister and would be bouncing off the walls. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you can get away with it. I actually have all three of my kids in one room right now, and I have a highlight on Instagram about room sharing. So you're welcome to go check that out. Again, it was a rip the band-aid off kind of night. Like, once we decided to set up those bunk beds and transition yeah. in, and then we did like an 11 o'clock bedtime, like, mm-hmm. right? All things that I don't recommend doing. And guess what? We came back from it, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, And I can sometimes get two of mine to go to bed at the same time. Um, But you're looking at like their personalities too. Like, can these two handle it? Like, who's going to egg who on? Um, (laughs) You're looking at sleep needs, right? So, Uh um, I mean, I don't know what your situation is, but I'll just guess, right? The two-year-old's probably napping. The three-year-old may be done napping. So I'm probably going to put the three-year-old to bed first because Mm -hmm. they need an earlier bedtime because they're not getting that nap in the day so you put your three-year-old to bed first and then you put the two-year-old to bed once they're asleep whether that's 15 30 an hour later whatever Mm -hmm. you put them to bed and typically the second child won't wake up because children tend to fall asleep into their deepest sleep at the beginning of the night Hmm. so I'm always amazed at what my (laughs) kids will sleep through so my daughter is my highest needs highest sleep needs a child and so she goes to bed first and she's usually pretty good about it Mm -hmm. um I put her to bed at 6.30. 15 minutes later, I take my son in at 6.45. How old's your daughter? She is four. They just turned four. So and she's asleep within that 15 minutes? She does fall asleep in that 15 minutes, but she, again, is my highest sleep needs child, and so she is ready to be asleep. Like, mm-hmm. she needs it. Mm-hmm. And you think different kids have different sleep needs? Yes. Like, my little girl sleeps way more than my boy ever did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I see it so clearly with my twins because they are the same age yeah. where she needs, I mean, she can get 12, 12 and a half hours at night. We're not doing naps typically. And then her brother, who is the exact same age, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll put him to bed at 645 
and he often will take not he'll take longer than 15 minutes mm -hmm. so i don't typically put my next little boy in there until like 7 15 um and sometimes it's even 7 30 and but he doesn't have anyone to engage with at that point my daughter's yeah, asleep boring yeah yeah and it helps so much and i have a reward system mm -hmm. in place you know you stay quiet you stay in your bed you have these rewards that's huge for toddlers like that um, they get the next morning or uh -huh. so we do my kids are obsessed with gum we do gum the next morning i buy the xylitol gum so it's like cleaning their teeth <laughs> wow. like sure that. eat this this yeah. is great and my husband started doing uh, little race car videos or something on YouTube, which is not my favorite, but whatever. He it did works. it, and that's <laughs> what they get, and I don't care. So, I mean, they're motivated to go to sleep. It doesn't mean that it's always perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, so then he goes to bed, and then sometimes he's asleep. Usually he's asleep before I take my third son in, but third son, second son, third child. Um, but sometimes he's not. But usually at that point, it's like he's been in the room long enough that he's getting tired mm -hmm. and he's winding down that I can walk my almost six-year-old in and just say good night. And yeah. by then, again, he's going to bed later. Mm -hmm. So he is tired and he's kind of ready. So that's how I've done it specifically for my kids. Staggering bedtime is just, it's huge. It makes such a big difference yeah and then having those routines or systems in place of rewarding mm -hmm. you know for good behavior which you can do with your three-year-old your two-year-old is probably a little bit young so what you want to focus on with him is just having a good bedtime routine so that before you move them in together he kind of knows what bedtime means he right. knows that he's going to lay down and be quiet you know you don't want him mm -hmm. in there screaming or crying for forever because that right. really could wake your mm -hmm. son it might not again because he's in a deep sleep but mm -hmm. it could um and that's just going to vary you know your routine is going to vary depending on like where you guys are at is he uh hey i can just put you in your crib and i can leave the room do i sit with you for a little bit like where are we at and just getting in a comfortable place for how much you want to be involved in that hmm. um and helping him feel comfortable with that We've been really sharing our two because we're in the process of moving and oh, yeah. they hold hands like through the crib. They hold hands and oh, I love it. That's adorable. <laughs> That's my favorite. Do you put them down at the same time? No, but if Lucy wakes up, she'll reach out and grab his hand. And then okay. one night actually he came in and he, he was mad and he was like, mom, she won't hold my hand. It was like 3 a.m. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> Twin, the twins are really cute. I will say, like doing cute things, giggling that. and yeah. laughing, like, and it, and it, I can't remember how old they were for sure, but eventually I separated them for naps, and then I eventually had to separate them for bedtime sleep as well, just because that twin boy is. <laughs> He's my worst sleeper, I guess. All my all my sleep stories that are like early riser, doesn't go to bed, yes. gets overtired and can't catch up. It's all the same child. It's him. Mm -hmm. And so eventually like it was hard for him to share. Like he just if he's bored, he'll fall asleep like that. But if there's something there to engage him, he just won't. So he's an early riser too. What's your biggest trick for that? Can I turn in a Early rising is one of the hardest things for parents to like figure out and deal with on their own. Um, for him specifically, um, when we, when he was finally ready to transition to one nap, um, that kind of worked better for him. Like that's what helped him the most. Yeah. Um, I don't think that he was ready earlier. I'm not saying I would have transitioned him earlier. It's just hard for him to do, to be on a two nap schedule and sleep in. 
Um, but even now, like he's the first one up every morning and there are days where, you know, he's up right at six. If he hears my husband up, my husband typically gets up around five thirty. like he will hear things and just be right he's awake. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So most house. of the time kids are waking up. Um, so he's like a chronic early riser where that's just like naturally his thing. But most of the time, if you have a child who isn't like naturally an early riser, I mean, I think all kids are, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they are right now. They're waking up really early and you're trying to figure out what, what do I do? What's going on? Usually it's because they're overtired. Mm-hmm. They're not getting enough sleep. And so putting them to bed earlier at night, sometimes 15 or 30 minutes can help them sleep in longer mm-hmm. in the morning. So that's probably my number one trick. But again, like I said, it's, it's hard to figure that one out. So oh, it man. can be light coming in. It can be yeah, for us, we got sound off. machines and darkening curtains. So and then helpful. And my yes. boys sleep till 7.30 every day. Yes. And in the just summer, really that's great. like key. Like mm-hmm. everything could be on track, but if you have light coming in, they're just going to wake up before mm-hmm. they're ready. So definitely. Yeah. And the sound machine helped a lot because then like they don't yeah. hear my husband getting up in the morning yes. and all of that. And they Garbage don't hear truck, him. birds, like you name I it. Know. Like the sound mm-hmm. machine is What sound machine so... do you recommend? Okay. My favorite one is the dome. Um, sound machine I love it because it's an actual fan sound and so I think I think it's just more soothing and easier for like your brain to calm down with it there's I could go into it and I probably shouldn't but there's been some research some interesting research about computerized um white noise and how it doesn't it's confusing to our brains Hmm. very it's really interesting so if you do get computerized look look at it and actually look for brown noise or pink noise really it's more organized and easier for your brain to relax with it or get that real fan sound like the dome one is my favorite one now I still Mm -hmm. use computerized white noise like on the go or something it's not like awful I still think it's helpful but I do think that real fan sound Mm -hmm. is just so much more soothing I mean I kind of need it now right like now that we use it all the time like we went on a vacation yeah. and we forgot it and i was like i can't sleep I yeah i need i need our dome uh, right yes. and i bring my portable one that's like the fake white noise uh-huh. um when i travel even yeah. alone because the dead silence is like not very not helpful. used to it yeah, yeah. i know, I know. Okay. okay so we had a lot of moms asking about naps and just overall <laughs> just broke my floor um so we had a lot of moms asking about naps and just overall like how much their little baby should be sleeping. So how much should a newborn really be sleeping and how do we figure out how much like our baby should be sleeping as they grow and progress? Great question and it changes so much. So I define a newborn as zero to 16 weeks of age and even in that 16 weeks it's changing so much. Like when you're Mm -hmm baby is first born they may only be awake for 30 minutes at a time right they could be getting 20 hours of sleep a day mm-hmm. right that's on the high end low end they might be getting 16 right yeah so there's always a range um but but then you look at 16 weeks and at 16 weeks they're able to stay awake about an hour and a half ish mm-hmm. so that's a huge jump in you know not very many months so um here's a few well one I'll I'll refer you go to my Instagram again there's a highlight called nap highlight I believe and it goes through the different ages and just kind of gives you like a sample schedule and kind of wake times that I work with and different things like that so to kind of help you um through like a guideline Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's that's super super helpful. helpful oh jinx 
But about <laughs> at four months, I want to see baby sleep taking about four naps a day. Wake times are about an hour and a half. Um, five months, we drop down to three naps and wake times can increase up to two hours, two hours and 15 minutes. Um, you're going to keep three naps up to nine months. By nine months, you're going to transition to two naps. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to want to keep two naps until about, at least until about 14 months. Somewhere between 14 and 18 months, you're going to transition to one nap. And then I recommend keeping one nap um, till age three or at least attempting. Sometimes you'll get that regression that we talked about, that toddler regression with naps for like a month at like two and two and a half and to just stick with it one nap till at least age three and then transition into quiet time or they can drop that nap Mm -hmm. if needed so Mm -hmm. those are like my general recommendations but again on my instagram it's like so boring to hear like numbers and wake times but go check that out because you can choose your age and it'll break it down for you okay so my three-year-old we dropped his nap because it's just basically like forcing him to take a nap and most days he just doesn't want to take a nap but i have noticed that he gets super fussy, but it's not bedtime yet. But it's like, this kid is really hard for the last like two hours of the day. And and I, we start bedtime early. Like we start at 6.30. And mm-hmm. so it, I'm just like, should he be having a nap? Should I be forcing the nap? Because right. he's so grumpy by the time we hit like 4 or 4.30. But that's too late. It's too so late for a nap. So at three, I recommend shooting for about 12 hours of sleep. Now, I already told you, like with my twins at three, my daughter needed definitely more than that. And my son, maybe he needed 12, maybe he needed a little less. But shoot for around 12 and then kind of gauge it for your child. So I always go off of wake times, or I try to because I realize life happens. But like if my child's waking up at six, then I want a bedtime at six. Mm-hmm. And I know you're, you're thinking, well, I don't want my child to wake up at six, so can I do seven to seven? Yes, you can, but maybe you can, I should say, because you have to have a well-rested child to get them to sleep in past seven. Like you can't mm-hmm. force your child to sleep in. It's much easier to put them mm-hmm. to bed when they're tired. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a six to six, you might be able to gradually shift that to a seven to seven. Anyways, child's waking up but at seven. Gradual. Right, you're putting them to bed at seven. Now, if you are just dropping naps, realize that they may need 12 and a half hours. Like that may be really hard for them. The other thing that I love to do is quiet time because having time just by themselves in their room and they you don't have to have lights off like they get to just be alone that's really rejuvenating for them so they may not be sleeping but they're still getting alone time yeah Yeah, just Mm -hmm. to be able to make it through that late afternoon Mm -hmm. and what my kids ended up doing when I transitioned them from you know one nap to no nap was they would do quiet time they'd end up falling asleep so we'd do it for an hour we'd start at one o'clock they'd often fall asleep around 1 30 140 and I would still wake them up at two so they were getting a short nap kind of a cat nap to get them through the day but I knew that if I let them sleep a full hour which is you know sometimes we'll gradually cut down that nap you know to an hour before we take it away completely and I knew if I let them sleep a full hour then bedtime wasn't going to happen when it needed to for them to stay well rested so it was this cat nap and then putting them to bed so those are the things like when you're in that transition period where you're like okay we're done with naps but they're totally struggling mm-hmm. even alone time is going to be helpful to get them through the afternoon okay i think too as a new mom i was so focused on like 
the length of the naps Mm -hmm. that when I switched my focus to the wake times, it was life changing because so often I'm like, oh my gosh, you only slept for a half an hour and I'd be so frustrated by it. But when I'm like, okay, I, we can do this for another hour and a half and then he's going to take another nap. You know, I got, well, you have control over that. Yeah. You get a control wake time. You don't get a control nap. So that's really interesting. I I hadn't really thought about it like that, but that's totally helped me for sure. That's true. Okay, so you talk a lot on your platform about your programs. I just, I mean, I love everything you're doing. You have so many good things for, especially new moms that are just like diving into it. So I want to kind of just shift gears a little bit and dive into the mom guilt aspect of all of this. So like I'll be the first to admit that my kids' sleep schedules have been throwing me off where I'll feel like, oh man, I'm the worst because with my first, he was sleeping so well. Mm -hmm. With this one, I'm like, totally not like my sister was like is she sleep trained yet and I'm like no you know like I'm just like surviving (laughs) so how how can we kind of eliminate that mom guilt on this topic overall well I mean whether you're talking about sleep or you're talking about anything mom related right mom guilt and mom shaming is just we do it to ourselves even I'm not even talking about like another mom shaming me like I'm shaming myself because I'm comparing or you know whatever so whatever topic you're you're talking about and sleep falls into this too. I mean, this is just my theory on it as a mother and as I've grown and tried to eliminate that from my life too. Um, I think that when we are, when we don't know our family situation, like, and I think this falls in for new moms because it's like, we don't know. We are trying to figure it out and it might be different for every child. And so when there's that insecurity in us, that that's where the mom guilt guilt comes from, that Mm -hmm. it's we aren't secure or we don't feel confident in the choices that we're making. Mm -hmm. And so we have mom guilt that we're doing it wrong, even even if we're not. Right. Mm -hmm. And that insecurity is increased when someone's doing it different than us. Right. So you guys have two different like sleep ways Mm -hmm. in your family and but you both said like this is what works for us and you say it with confidence so Mm -hmm. it's like I don't have to compare my sleep situation with your sleep situation I just get to say this is what works for us and be okay with that and be Mm -hmm. happy with that and and I think uh, the other piece of the insecurity comes when we think that because I do sleep a certain way in my home that every mom should do sleep that way that 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 the way I've chosen to do it is the way that will work for every family and Mm -hmm. I've totally been (laughs) in that place and I think one of the beautiful things I've learned while I've been able to do what I'm doing is to see so many different situations and really have you know regarding sleep and to have my eyes open and to be able to say yeah what I'm doing isn't going to work for you like Hmm. you're doing it your way and that's really great but I think that takes a piece of confidence to to be able to say that to someone else because Mm -hmm. I have to be confident enough that what I'm doing is right Mm -hmm. in order to say that what you're doing is right too yeah exactly because I can't have that reflect back on the decisions that I'm making in my home yeah if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so my favorite message to give to new moms is that you are doing it right you're doing it right because you're the mom and you're making those choices and you're going to do it right. And right right now doesn't have to be right in a day or a week or a month or two years. Mm-hmm. Like that is ever flowing and ever changing. So it's, I don't know. I think, I just think it's such a journey that every mom has to go on. I know sometimes I'll 
tease about tease myself even about how I was as a first time mom and with one child and how anxious I was and the things that I was worried about, you know, that whole idea of like, oh, my first child's eating all organic food and my second yeah. child is picking up someone else's Cheerios off the dirt uh-huh. path, you know, and French it's like, whatever. Right? But like mm-hmm. that journey, I mean, that's a joke and it's funny and like, but that journey is real. Like yeah. as a mom, you, you have to go through that journey. You can't just show up and be the mom of three kids. Like you mm-hmm. have to first be the mom of one child and... I think when we, I don't know, I just think when we honor that journey so that other moms have, like wherever they are in it, like we'll get where we need to get and we'll we'll all make different choices and that's okay. Like I wish that we could all just see like that the different choices we make are great and every family is so different and every child is so different and we just can't, yeah, we just can't say that we know <laughs> we know best. I can't even say that half the time with my own kids. Like how in the world would I ever prescribe that to someone else that I know best for your family? Like that just, I love that you just said that, like that just gave me chills saying like, we can't just show up being the mom of three kids. We have to go through the journey of being the mom of one kid, two kid, three kids. And this mom journey thing, it is real when you're in the moment, you look back and laugh, but in the moment, like it's It's real Mm -hmm. and honoring that and giving yourself grace is and so owning huge. your own motherhood. I, yeah. Everything you yeah. said was just awesome. So there's so much sleep advice out there, and a lot of it is very conflicting. Yes. Um, a co-sleeping parent will be told that they are establishing poor habits, while a cried-out parent is told that they are torturing their child. So how do we navigate what's important and what's true, and how do we find our place in the world of conflicting advice? I think that's such a hard question. I think, I don't know. I mean, I think everyone is going to have their journey and they're going to go through that. You know, mm-hmm. do you want to be a co-sleeping mom before you, you start having kids? Is that going to stick with you? Like there's so many questions and I think being open, open and flexible is like the way to do it. But you have these values. Like I didn't think I would be a cried out mom <laughs> at all. Like I'm a marriage and family therapist. I'm all about attachment. And that was like, didn't feel like that would be conducive to attachment. Now, Mm -hmm. when I got tired enough with my twins and I realized, wow, I am in such a not good place mentally that my day-to-day interactions with my children are not conducive to building a strong attachment, Mm -hmm. then I had to go back down and say, okay, well, what does the research say and and how do I feel about this? And I had to re-study attachment looking through the sleep training lens and like, figure out for myself how how I felt. And one of the things that I told myself when I started this business was I would never ask a parent to do something that I did not feel comfortable doing with my own child. Mm-hmm. And that has been, that's been such a good line for me to be able to draw that, you know, it, it doesn't mean that every parent is gonna wanna do what I do, but mm-hmm. it means that, you know, I have to feel comfortable doing this in order to tell someone else that they should be able to do this. For sure. Um, I don't know. And I think I, I'm not a co-sleeping parent because I cannot, I can't have someone touching me while I'm sleeping. Like I think co-sleeping parents are really amazing because I don't know how they sleep with mm-hmm. their kids touching them. Like mm-hmm. I just think that's amazing. My hat's like always off to co-sleeping parents. Cause I'm like, that's a miracle. I don't know how you do <laughs> it. Um, but there's always, there's always going to be like you said, there's so much conflicting information out there. And I just have a hard time when 
that information is so rigid. So, you know, I've seen people say, you know, cried out is the only way to do it. And I'm like, oh, that feels so rigid. Like, mm-hmm. it's the only way to do it. And then I've seen on this other side, like, you know, co-sleeping is natural and your child should be waking 45 times a night and that's all normal and, you know, you need to put up with it. And I'm like, okay, well, that seems rigid too. Like, there's no hope there. Like, what about the mom who's stuck? And mm-hmm. and again, it comes back to that polarization of like, this is the way you have to do it. And it's like, no, let's just stop. Let's take down those walls and say like, what's working for you? What do you value? What's important to you? And like, mix those two worlds together. And totally. I think both sides are equally... Um, bias I guess like I think they're both biased and I think they're just feeding into this idea of what's normal and that things have to fall into that Mm -hmm. and whether waking you know till you're four years old is normal or sleeping through the night at two months is normal it doesn't really matter like Mm -hmm. can we just get rid of the word normal like it doesn't really matter what matters is is it working for you Mm -hmm. do you want things to be different in this time of life too, because I think yeah. that season will change as well. So like sometimes you'll claim to be a certain mom for this part of your motherhood and then two kids later, some it, circumstances right. are so different. So right. I don't know. I think it's allowing yourself to, to feel okay to change and and own whatever you're doing. You know, like yeah. I was a cried out mom and now I'm, you know what I mean? Like now I'm yeah. doing something totally opposite and I think that's okay. It's your season because, of where yeah, you're at right at now. that time I was mentally needing something different and this yeah. time I need this, you know, just something different. So yeah. I think it's so important to point that out. Yeah, I can agree more. Just that flexibility of being able to change when you need to and, and depending on the chat, like there's so many things that influence it and I wish that we could see that more. And I guess, I mean, I realize there's so much concern about in both cases like from the opposite side you're seeing concern about well is co-sleeping safe or is cried out safe and I just think there's a better way to have that conversation than with some like some of the comments that you see on social that media are like so I can't rigid. even handle yeah. it like no I'm the, I, I feel the same way and it's I funny can't. I mean it's not just sleep it's formula and breastfeed it's, right. I mean it's, it's so many yeah. it's whatever you know controversial topic that you're talking about and I just it's so true. <sighs> I just so can't. True. So I don't know. <laughs> well, and I will make a plug for you on this. Her program, I went to an event she threw a couple months ago, and a lot of your stuff is like assisted, like you're assisting your baby to learn how to sleep and to like have a confident sleeper. Mm-hmm. So none of her stuff is like any of the, I mean, it, you're, you're just, your whole thing isn't just like a rigid, this is exactly how you're supposed to do it. She is so... Marriott is so great, you guys. So yeah, so tell us where our listeners can find you and your programs and everything. Okay, so I'm on Instagram. It's at littledreamers.us, which is also my website, littledreamers.us. What um, Aubrey's talking about is my Exhausted Mama No More Newborn Sleep Workshop. And one of my goals with that was to give parents tools to create the sleep situation for their family that was right for them. So I didn't want it to be rigid and I didn't want to tell you what you had to do. I wanted you to be able to figure out what was going to work best for your family. So it's the only newborn sleep course that I know of that is co-sleeping friendly. Um, We do talk about safe co-sleeping and how to do that. And it doesn't mean that you have to co-sleep if you get this course. If you don't wanna co-sleep, it'll work for you. If you wanna do some co-sleeping, it'll work. If, you know, whatever you want to do that way. So it's an atta- it's an attachment focus, needs focus, no cry, no crying it out, kind of newborn course that's super phenomenal. Um, 
and that's where I send all my newborns to because newborns is very hands-on and the videos that you see in there are so, so helpful, more than I can ever just verbally tell you. To well, do I with think it helps too to know that you're, I mean, with even just having you as a consultant, like you're able to text or just having you kind of be like, you've got this, like, right. <laughs> cause sometimes it's just so exhausting and going through that course and just allowing, I mean, my baby was sleeping when I laid her down. Like I just, I'm like, Holy cow, that worked. And I don't know. I didn't have those tools. Like just yeah. having, it's just having those, all the things that you talk about are awesome. Yeah. So, and you wanted to give our listeners a code, right? Oh, definitely. Yes. You're the best. Yes. So, um, and I believe this code is good on not just my newborn course, but also my sleep training guides. Um, so it's just Mamahood 10. Mamahood 10, you get 10% off of, off of that newborn course and off of any of my sleep training guides. Um, and those guides are for anywhere, you know, from 16 weeks and older for families who do want their child to be a more independent sleeper because that's typically the population that I work with is, okay, we're done. We're done assisting. We want them to be more independent and and more in control of their sleep. And so that's what those guides are helpful for. And then I do work one-on-one with clients, obviously right at the second, since I'm having a baby, that will be a little bit um, put on hold, but normally I'm working one-on-one with clients and creating custom plans for them and kind of helping them you're about to go through all this stuff put your newborn course to to the test right so come follow me on instagram because i'm sure i'll be sharing lots of sleep stuff Mm -hmm. and by the time Um, this airs you'll have had your baby well i sure hope so i know it's a surprise actually we don't know what we're having oh my gosh that'll be fun what are you okay well thanks for being on the show mary and we'll have you again yes anytime thanks you guys